It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am David Harrison, Washington football team beat writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern and on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. We're also on Twitter. You can find Chris at WrestleMania621. I am at DHarrison82, and the show is at Locked. WFT pod again. Thank you for making the locked on WFT podcast your first listen every day. On this episode, we're going to go over some injury stuff. We're going to get some updates on the Ryan Vermillion situation involving the DEA. And we're going to go over our final betting line projections and some keys to this weekend's matchup against the New Orleans Saints. But first, Chris, let's fire it off with a Washington football team fan and listener of this very podcast who called in with something to say. Hey, WFT. This is uh, Todd, Utah. Uh, wanted to share my frustrations as well as uh, excitement. Uh, as far as excitement goes, uh, good game. Uh, showed the flashes of offense that I was concerned about early on. Uh, if we can have moments when we basically outscore someone, uh, that'll give us a chance in some games that maybe we should be in normally. Uh, obviously, the frustrations come down to defense. Uh, as everybody, I'm sure, who listens to this podcast is concerned about our defense sucks right now uh and when it comes down to it there were flashes of moments of, of good things but we got to learn to tackle if we can't tackle then it's all for naught uh how many times did we catch somebody out in the backfield or on the wing and we didn't get the tackle and at least twice that turned us into direct touchdowns uh but we've got to tackle uh if we can't get home to the quarterback we've got to tackle and hopefully we can learn to dial in both of those somehow but uh, we're no threat if every time somebody catch, touches the ball, it's going to take two or three people to tackle them uh, or not tackle them, as the case may be. But let's figure that stuff out, and then I think we'll be good. But good win, uh, hard fought, uh, but I, I was glad to see that at least offensively, even though there were plenty of mistakes made, offensively we were able to outfire somebody, which is, which is a step in the right direction. All right, once again, that is Todd from Utah. Todd, thank you as always. We appreciate your patronage, your passion, uh, and always leaving your uh, thoughts. David, I I mean, I don't, I don't know what you would make out, out of that other than Todd's talking about the frustrations overall with the defense. But when he talks about tackling, uh, I don't know what you saw when you went back and watched the game. I just rewatched the game late on Wednesday night again. And the tackling was even worse than I thought. I mean, Bobby McCain missed, I think, at least four tackles that I counted. Uh, J- um, uh, Landon Collins, obviously, with a bad one uh, inside the 10-yard line that led to a touchdown. John Bostic as well, same thing on the Mike Davis touchdown. I mean, it was it was bad. And even some of the efforts in tackling uh, were pretty bad um, in my eyes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, look, you know, we, we talked about this before. You never want defensive backs leading your team in tackles. You also don't want your defensive backs leading the team in missed tackles. And those two, two of those players, Bobby McCain and Landon Collins, leading the Washington football team in missed tackles. Uh, again, according to PFF.com, that kind of goes into some of those specialized stats. So, yeah, some obvious concerns there for very good reasons. The stats back up what everybody's seeing on the film. You don't want a stat scout, but you also, you know, sometimes the numbers correlate with what you see. And that means you have an accurate picture. So, yeah, Todd in Utah, accurate assessment. I'm sure you're not alone. I know you're not alone. Even here at the Lockdown Watch Football Team podcast, we, too, are also concerned with it. And, uh, Chris, some of the concerns are only going to mount because we've got a laundry list of players uh, on the injury report again here for the Washington football team as we get nearer to the weekend. Yeah, and we'll find out official clarification uh, probably on Friday on some of these guys uh, after we put this last episode of the week to bed. So again, realize that things are going to change and we'll try and update it on our individual Twitters. Uh, David will obviously write about it um, for SI and uh, we'll put it up on the show Twitter at Pod when we get the official final injury report. But David, as we speak, going into that final practice day of the week, no Diami Brown, no Curtis Samuel, no Brandon Sheriff, no Cam Sims limited on Thursday. And those guys, by the way, didn't practice on Wednesday either. Limited on Thursday was Antonio Gibson, Cole Holcomb, John Allen, DeShazer Everett, and Matt Ionetis. The one little bit of good news or two, J.D. McKissick and Benjamin St. Juice, who were limited uh, on Wednesday also, along with uh, James Smith-Williams, all were full go on Thursday. Now, I'll just say this. Brandon Sheriff is not expected to play on Sunday. I'd be stunned if he does. What I'm concerned about, though, is that trio of wide receivers. And did Curtis Samuel suffer a setback, or are they just maintaining him? Because he was key in a couple of big spots for them on Sunday in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, only 25 snaps on the day, but 25 very important snaps for the most part. Uh, for that team. And then of course, Deami Brown, you know, I mean, I, not, not probably not the greatest, you know, elevation to like a number two receiver status that we've seen in the national football league from a rookie. Uh, but you figure going back down to like that third and fourth receiver job uh, there with the combination of him, Cam Sims and Adam Humphreys with Curtis Samuel coming back. That's really kind of where you're going to see uh, the, the potential of, of a guy like Deami Brown really kind of shine. And so it's unfortunate we haven't been able to see it uh, just yet. I mean, this, this team needs to get healthy and yeah, hopefully, they're being held out more for just, you know, keeping them healthy and, and letting their their uh, injured parts heal. Um, but then uh, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that Benjamin St. Juice was a full participant. You know, it doesn't mean he's necessarily already cleared uh, concussion protocol. He's got to go through some workouts, and then they got to test him to see how he feels after the full workouts and all that stuff as part of the concussion protocol. But, you know, for a secondary that hasn't been doing all that well, and, and granted they weren't exactly doing, you know, the, the greatest when Benjamin St. Juice was out there, uh, but I think the secondary is better with him than they are without him. Oh, no doubt about it, especially with the loss of Torrey McTire uh, for the rest yeah, of the year. By the absolutely. way, Saints note, uh, they are banged up on their offensive line. We'll see what it leads to in terms of the game status. But Eric McCoy, their starting center, Teron Armstead, they're really good left tackle, uh, both not practicing uh, as well. All right. To the latest on Ryan Vermillion, the head athletic trainer and the federal investigation, the NFLPA, David, said in a letter to agents uh, all across the NFL that represent the entire agent spectrum, quote, the NFLPA in a letter said, quote, one of our players has been contacted by federal investigators. And also the 
quote, DEA slash prosecutors may contact additional players, end quote. So when I say that, after they publicly said on Wednesday in a statement, quote, we believe this situation directly impacts player health and safety, end quote, what does that tell you? Uh, it tells me that Ryan Vermillion, whatever activity that Ryan Vermillion has been involved in or is suspected of being involved in, uh, directly impacts, it directly involves players, which means it either involves uh, 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 participating, you know, in, in illegal activities from a player standpoint, or it involves doing something illegal in the aspect of, you know, uh, for an example. And I, and I hesitate to say something specific because I don't want people to run with it, but I just want to be as clear as I can. For example, possibly potentially say writing a script for player a and then giving the player 20 of the script, keeping 20 of the script for himself to do whatever he's doing on the side. You know what I mean? So like that is a situation that would still quote unquote involve the safety and health of a player because you're supposed to be providing medication or or treatment to players for their health. So if you're justifying the use of, you know, X amount of pills of medication or, or vials or whatever, and you're not giving that player all of that for one reason or another, you're violating, first of all, the trust between the medical personnel and player, but also the potential health. Because if that's medication that player needed, then, you know, that that's you're withholding treatment from a player. Um, and then also, you know, then you kind of get worse from there. So that's kind of like where it is. But also, I mean, it, it's it's you kind of get tricky. And, and I want to make sure, again, I'm going to kind of overly say this out of a, an abundance of cautions become the favorite phrase of everybody for the last you know, year and a half or so. Um all of this is speculation, right? From from what I'm saying right here, just kind of piecing the things together. Washington football team comes out, makes a statement, says this does not involve our organization. The NFLPA says this involves player health and safety. We believe it does. And the NFLPA has a member in it that has been contacted. To me, this sounds like it goes back to Carolina. Like, honestly, this sounds like this goes back to Carolina. The investigations take some time sometimes. And basically, it's just catching up to them now, now that they're in Washington. And you know, again, a member of the NFLPA doesn't doesn't even necessarily mean inactive. Like Cam Newton is an active member of the NFLPA, as far as I know right now. He's still on their registry, so that would tell me that his dues are up and that he's a member, a registered member of the NFLPA. Not saying again that Cam Newton is involved, but just remember that, like when we're talking about these situations and and, you, and people want to jump to conclusions sometimes and kind of try to piece things together. There's a lot of layers to what's being said here, but from what I'm seeing, Chris, you know, again, Washington says it doesn't involve. Their franchise, NFLPA says it obviously involves direct uh, health and care of a player and that a player has been contacted. It sounds to me like Carolina. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, listen, I, I don't know if it sounds to me like Carolina, but it certainly could be. And we should absolutely make that clear that it could be Carolina, just like it could be more than one player. And it could be on both teams and organizations, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that is definitely a possibility too, that, it, that it's both, you know, but um, again, just Washington saying it doesn't involve them and, and listen, statements are made at the time and statements are only made with the information they have at the time. So if further, you know, information comes available, that statement could change. And then, you know, so it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, uh, two months from now, it comes out that, you know, X person or player from Washington that's also involved and everybody's like, Oh, but you said it didn't involve things change guys and, and, and situations are fluid and statements are, are going to be taken interviews are going to happen. Um, so, you know, just because the team says it doesn't involve their, their personnel or their organization directly right now, doesn't mean that it's not going to at a later date.
but more more to follow on that. Obviously, more is going to come of that, obviously. But we're going to try to keep things as football-related as we can while also bringing – because it is important news. It's important uh, to know what's going on inside that franchise, and it does deal with the health and safety of the players of this team. So, obviously, it's extremely important. But uh, what's going to be important to the fans on every Sunday, Mondays, every once in a while, Thursdays, as well as the play on the field. And if you want to make that a little bit more exciting – Put a little bit of money on there. Hopefully a safe amount of money. Don't put your rent check on it. Put a little bit of your rent check on it. Maybe go to betonline.ag. It's your number one spot for your pro college football action this season. A new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website, sign up today, get a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit and you use the promo code Locked on. That's all one word. L O C K E D O N. You get a 50% welcome bonus. You deposit a hundred dollars. Betonline.ag gives you an extra 50. You got $150 to go out there, hit a 16 team parlay and then retire for the rest of your life. Whether it's football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, Bet online where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the locked on commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. And David, we have a second voicemail of this go-home walk-off episode of LOWFT. What's up, Chris? What's up, David? It's your favorite Washington football team fan, Mark, calling back in. Hopefully all is well. Uh, Good win that we got two and two. Um, I think we're starting to see Taylor Heineke kind of come into his own a little bit. I like the fact that he did use his legs a lot more. Um, I did think that he made some questionable at best throws. But my question is, isn't it surprising that the biggest question mark coming into the season being the offensive line is basically one of the strong points of this team right now. If you look at the games that we've played, Taylor Heineke ain't been on his back very much at all. Now, granted, the running game hasn't really been getting established the way it should, but it's not terrible. But this offensive line has been holding their own, and that was the biggest question mark. But you flip it on the other side, the defensive line is the biggest question mark. So I just wanted to know your take on that. And also I wanted to know your take on, I believe that uh, from what I've seen is uh, John Bostick might be out the season. Do you think that this could be a great opportunity? Well, I don't want to say opportunity, but do you think that this will be the time for Jamin Davis to get more reps now if John Bostick is out for the season? Thank you, guys. Staying with your fan, watch the 14 for life. Thank you. All right, Mark. Thank you, as always. Great job there. Uh, and, David, I'll answer that, that last part, and then I'll uh, maybe leave, leave the O-line for you. He's going to have no choice, Jamin Davis, to play a lot more. Uh, obviously, I thought he was kind of trending in the right direction. Last week was a little bit of a, hmm, okay, you know, a yeah. little bit of a, why didn't that happen? Um I didn't think he did anything egregiously wrong, but I think he needs to do a lot more, especially with Bostic out, especially with the tackling issues that we have talked about, and especially with Alvin Kamara coming to town. And, oh, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs on deck. 
Yeah. And I mean, and head coach Ron Rivera was asked about that exact question or that exact topic. And he even mentioned that they're going to, Jamin's going to have to get more action, you know, that they're going to look at some other options as well. And, you know, Khalid Hudson and stuff like that. But uh, Jamin is obviously going to get an opportunity to play more and it's going to be on him to be as prepared as he can and to perform as, as well as he can for his team. And really just, just like they've been saying, Jack Del Rio too, just go out there and do what we're asking you to do. Don't, don't try to save the day, you know, uh, again, uh, just go out there and do what you need to do. But yeah, I am incredibly surprised uh, that this offensive line is is becoming uh, kind of the strong point of the team, and then the defensive line is becoming the weakest part of the team. Not the weakest, but part of the weakness of the team. You know, um, it, I wouldn't have necessarily been surprised, you know, for the defense to kind of take a step back. Um, going back to your your interview, your great interview on our Wednesday episode, you know, looking at the level of competition from last year to this year, there's it's almost reasonable to expect there's a little bit of a degradation in performance, but not to this level. And then, yeah, I expected, like, when they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, it was like, oh, well, you know, he's sneaky mobile. So whenever that offensive line collapses, inevitably, he can get away from it a little bit. And then Taylor Heineke, same thing. Really, I mean, a lot of these runs that we've seen from the quarterback position have come because of time and just, you know, good coverage downfield. And Taylor Heineke takes advantage of space in front of him versus running away from a from a pending pass rush, except for the one where he threw the Hail Mary to, to Terry McLaurin that he saved them on. Um, but a lot of interesting aspects of the watch football team game. Yeah. And, and thanks Mark for, for your call. Hope you're doing well uh, down there, buddy. Um, but we're going to get into some betting lines here and Chris, all of this is going to impact my first betting line. And it's that the over under for this game combined score is at 43. And again, these are at BetOnline.ag. So BetOnline.ag setting the line for over under total points at 43, meaning each of these teams combined score is going to equal 43 or more. And I'm taking the over. I mean, that's, that's, 21 and a half points, basically 21 and a half to 21 and a half, essentially if it's a tie game. And I think that with the state of the defenses in what it is, both these defenses are kind of giving up big plays. They're susceptible to scoring drives. And honestly, both these offenses have shown a tendency to also be able to take advantage of some of these weak defenses and not for nothing, but both quarterbacks are a little scary sometimes, which always opens the door to a pick six, right? Uh, Special teams has also been really uh, getting really good as far as the return game is for Washington, New Orleans, their kick coverage has not been very good. I would love, love to see DeAndre Carter have a repeat performance of another kick or a punt uh, return for a touchdown. I think 43, I take the over on that line. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I I agree with you for the most part and all the points that you made, but it is supposed to rain as of, again, right now as we record this. It is supposed to rain, I think, a 60% chance during the game. So you never know what kind of impact, David, that has on a football game, on a passing attack, on tackling on everything so i mean obviously we'll have to wait to get further information but i would lean towards the over as well for my first prop i took an easy one i um i think this is an easy one any team to score 40 points over plus 540 under minus a thousand now listen i'm not telling you this because it's a good value play but i i i feel pretty good that this game is going under uh, or meaning no team scoring 40 points, even as bad as the Washington defense has been on third down and all, even what you just mentioned uh, about DeAndre Carter, maybe boosting Washington. And of course their, their offense, which has scored 30 plus a couple of times here. I, I just don't think again, rain, better defense, uh, all of that. Um, I just, and, and the injuries that both teams quite honestly have that either team is going over 40 here. So I will take the under at minus 1000, which makes you shriek because nobody would ever want to make that bet. But Hey, uh, we're analyzing and betting a little bit here. 
Hey, listen, any profit is good profit, right? So, I mean, sometimes those, those, those that's how you expand your bank a little bit. And, you know, you might turn a $4 bet into $4.50, but you roll that $4.50 into a bigger betting line and you turn that into even more money. So that's, that's a smart invest. That's smart investing as far as I'm concerned. I completely agree with you. Uh, my second line here is more passing touchdowns. Jameis Winston versus Taylor Heineke. They've got even odds. Both of them rent negative 122, no matter who you take in this one. Uh, Chris, I'm going to take Taylor Heineke, and I'm going to take Taylor Heineke because I think when the New Orleans Saints get closer to the red zone, they've got Alvin Kamara, uh, they've got Taysom Hill that they like to use out there, and Jameis Winston, I mean, going back to last week, look, Sean Payton took a lot of criticism for for not really leaving the ball in Jameis's hands in crunch times. I think you get into that red zone, you're more likely to see even some jet sweeps, stuff like that, some things that are going to take the ball out of Jameis's hands just a little bit, whereas with the Wash football team, especially with kind of the lingering injury issues that uh, that Antonio Gibson is going to be bringing in this game, it, it could be a, sw- a screen pass, right, to J.D. McKissick or something like that. I think Washington is more likely to throw the ball in the red zone, leading Taylor Heineke to have more opportunities to throw more touchdowns. So I'm taking t- taking Taylor Heineke over Jameis Winston with a negative 122 odds. Uh, again, largely agree. The only thing that, again, makes me worry is no Logan Thomas, no Brandon Sheriff in all likelihood, and possibly all those injuries at wide receiver. I mean, it's going to be a lot of probably Terry McLaurin. Uh, my second prop bet is will New Orleans score on their first drive? I think I did this one last week, and I said yes because Washington hadn't stopped them at all, and it allowed three games, three touchdowns. Last week, it was a field goal on Atlanta's opening drive of the game. It should have been a touchdown, but it was ultimately a field goal because of penalty and because of another mistake that Atlanta made. The bottom line is, is I have no choice until this defense shows me that they are ready to go from the start. At 102 Eastern time on Sunday afternoon, I'm going to say yes, plus 164. Yeah, and my next one is first score of the game. What is it going to be? And I've got New Orleans Saints touchdown. It kind of goes hand in hand with what you're talking about. A little bit of a different version of the analysis. I feel like that in this game, the Washington football team is going to come out a little bit more aggressive scheme-wise, and I think the players are going to kind of feed off that. Jameis Winston has the reputation he has, even though he's throwing an 8-2 to two touchdown interception ratio so far this season. The Washington defensive players, the defensive secondary uh, specifically, is going to be looking to make a big play, which is going to leave them a little bit susceptible. Aggressive defensive backs are always susceptible to double moves. The New Orleans Saints love using misdirection, crossing routes, mesh, uh, mesh concepts, and double moves. And I just kind of feel like this is a game where we could see like a 40-yard completion from Jameis Winston, one of those wide receivers, to start this game off. Well, as you know from uh, his time in Tampa, he is more than capable of breaking out the old hose, uh, as they say. And if you have a busted coverage or miscommunication, you could be in trouble. And just wrapping up my third and final prop bet here, again, courtesy of betonline.ag. I'm going to go Terry McLaurin over 69 and a half receiving yards. Again, talent, route running, catching ability. Obviously, as we just talked about, all the injuries at wide receiver. Terry's healthy and Terry's really good. To me, this is an easy one over 69 and a half at minus 115. Yeah, agree with you completely. All right, guys, celebrate the freedom of choice. Did you know that Built Bar has... Many, 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 many delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. Whether you love coconut, cherry bar, sea raspberry, mint brownie like David does, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange. I've had those. They're really good. Cookies and cream, German chocolate, whatever you want. 
I'm telling you, you're going to love a Built Bar. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Just go to Built.com. They're going to work with you, and you can put what you want together. Why Built Bar? Well, not only are they delicious, soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate, but they're high in protein, they're low in calories, low in sugar and net carbs, four to five grams of sugar and net carbs per bar. How be you can't beat that, right? So order today, get the grasshopper cookie. I've had those. I know David likes them as well, or raspberry, whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wrapping up today's episode, final episode of the week before the Washington football team hosts the New Orleans Saints for week five in the 2021 NFL season. Locked on Washington football team podcast. David Harrison, Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison82 at russellmania621 and the show at Pod. Chris, let's hear from one more loyal Washington football team fan before we get to our final predictions for the weekend. Hey, Chris, Dave, it's A.W. after we got A.W., uh, funny you guys uh, thank us for making you our first listen because that's exactly what I do because you guys are daily and succinct in your analysis. I give you a lot of credit for that. All right, try to get this in for the 90-second drill. I can't say enough about Heineke given the space he's been thrust into due to our defensive situation. I think it's just growing pains for him when he seems to regress. You know, he goes back and forth between maturing as a starter, but I think it's also coupled with finding his rhythm in the offense. His accuracy is still suspect, but thankfully the team, and specifically the receiving core, most notably Terry, uh, they're rallying around him by believing in him and making plays for him. But again, the defense, I mean, what is going on? When do you guys expect to see this unit gel, if at all? Some combination of scheme and coaching is to blame, in my humble opinion. And the things I like about Ron are fast becoming the things that are adding to my frustration. I mean, I'm glad he is uh, playing close to the cuff and not letting too many things get out in the media, keeping things in-house, as they say. Uh, but come on. I mean, we're a beaten-down fan base. We've been going through this for a long time, and I think a little more explanation and transparency is almost due in light of our long suffering. And where's the accountability? I know the staff doesn't want to create division in the locker room, but, quote, you know, we're doing some good things, but there's uh, some things we need to clean up, unquote. It just doesn't seem to be adding up. But, hey, maybe that's just my frustration talking. I don't know. Hopefully I made the 30, 90-second window. Guys, keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye. A.W., you're the man. That's what I'll just say. That's it. I, I'll just say that. Um, yeah, as far as when good. the defense will gel, listen, I, I know it's easy to say this. At some point, they'll get better. I do see some, David, limited signs that they are starting to figure it out at times when they need to. They're not bad on first and second down. It's third down and specifically third and long. I think when you have one big problem, it's easier to fix that than six or seven or eight little problems. Yeah, no, I mean, it's absolutely. And and that's, we've kind of been talking about this, right? The more the players don't execute the scheme that's being taught and play out of position and do things that are off script, the harder it is for a coordinator or coach to fix it, you know, because it's, it's, again, it's, it's hard for me to understand 
where I'm going wrong in my instruction if you're not following my instruction. And then, uh, you know, again, I've, I've said this too, like it comes to a point where you have to say, okay, well, obviously my instruction isn't working, so let's try something new. But then at the same time, it's, if you're not listening to this, why would you listen to that? So it's, it's there's a whole lot of like double-edged swords in this whole thing. And it's a, it's a really sticky thorn bush that everybody finds themselves into. It's hard to say when exactly uh, it's going to come together, but there are just, there are kind of games. I think there's like light bulb moments where, everything kind of clicks. Right. And, and I go back again to the other team that I cover, you go back to last year and they're lost to the Kansas city chiefs. What does everybody remember from that? Tyreek Hill throwing up the deuces and then Kansas city chiefs essentially blowing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the water. Here's the problem with that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually won the last three quarters of that game. They just lost the first quarter so badly that it didn't matter that they won the last three quarters of that game where it did matter. However, is in the next eight games that they rattled off all of the wins in because that game is where the light bulb came on and you saw it happen in that second quarter where the defense really kind of clicked in and everybody kind of said, okay, look, we're sick of this. We're sick of getting beat. We're sick of getting embarrassed. We're sick of all this stuff. Everybody just do your job, come together and do it. And it's on the players to just get it done and do the job that they're being trained to do. That's the game that happened for the bucks, even though it was a loss. And then moving forward, you know, obviously what happened is what happened. So for Washington, I mean, they could lose this weekend and this could be the moment where it all clicks in. We don't know. But when that moment happens, I think you'll see it. And some of the talent on paper that we've been talking about will start to show up uh, in the film. But speaking of film, Chris, in order to have film, they got to play games. Let's talk about this game. Week five, uh, Washington football team hosting New Orleans Saints. Both of them are two and two. One's going above 500. One's going below 500. Washington's got Kansas City next weekend. So you definitely don't want to come into that game two and three. What is the key to this game for the Washington football team? Well, for me, I mean, it's something that we've touched on, obviously, all week, tonight, on this show, throughout the first month of the season, third down defense, right? Uh, They're the worst in the league. Uh, It's not third and one, third and two. It's third and eight plus, third and seven plus, third and 12, third and 13. It's been a problem in all four games. If that doesn't get better against a, what I think, without Michael Thomas, no Drew Brees, uh, Alvin Kamara being used more as a running back, like a true running back, as opposed to a a screen threat, uh, at least so far. Yes, I know Taysom Hill. Yes, I know they've got some weapons that can hurt you. Remember, they lost Jared Cook uh, over the offseason. To me, I don't think this is a high-flying, prolific Saints defense. Get off the field on third down. Hold them to 45% for crying out loud instead of 60 or 70%. And also communication, David. We've seen so many coverage busts, including including on the Cordell Patterson first touchdown, the bomb down the middle. It's happened over and over again, specifically with William Jackson, the third and safeties. It's got to get better and it's got to get better now. Yeah. I mean, I would almost like to see them kind of move to like a Patriots and Dolphins kind of schematic defense where uh, it's your kind of your classic Ben don't break. It's keep everything in front of you, keep everything in front of the linebackers in front of the secondary in front of your safeties. Don't let anybody get behind you and play play it out in the red zone you know what i mean hold them to field goals get turnovers in the red zone uh do what you can there so we'll see if if there's any shift in that i think there is going to be a shift i think it's going to be more aggression speaking of of aggression my key to this game smart aggression on the offense uh this new orleans saints defense they have marshawn Lattimore. they got some good pieces and they got some guys potentially coming back healthy uh this weekend as well so they're going to be a little bit better than what like the new york giants saw last week and all that stuff but the bottom line is daniel jones hit more explosive completions chris uh, through air yards, and I'm talking air yard completions of 20 yards or more from Daniel mm-hmm. Jones than he had in the entire season combined yep. before last week. That's a huge, significant number. 
Uh, again, the health of these wide receivers and the weather are going to play a factor. But if it's possible, if the conditions allow for it, I want to see Taylor uh, being a little bit aggressive. I want to see him taking some shots downfield. And look, if it's third and seven and you take a shot 40, 50 yards downfield and it gets intercepted and he gets tackled right there, okay, that's, that's basically it's a punt, a down early. We can live with those types of interceptions where you don't want to see the bad ones. So smart aggression on offense. I think they can find some lanes against this defense. Man, you wish Logan Thomas was going to be out there on that field, but you got who you got, so you got to make those smart decisions. That's going to lay uh, on the on the hands, the head, and the shoulders of Taylor Heineke. All right, and speaking of Taylor Heineke, he's going to be my projected player of the game. Uh, Listen, this is probably low-hanging fruit. You just talked about Daniel Jones uh, and what he was able to do with that Giants receiving core. The Giants receiving core might be a lot better than people think it is, and it's certainly healthier right now than Washington. So maybe the offensive uh, passing game isn't as prolific, but remember, again, you can always uh, go with a J.D. McKissick. You could always go with uh, Adam Humphreys. Terry McLaurin is healthy, so on and so forth. I think there'll be enough passing yards in a lower-than-expected offensive uh, shootout for me to pick Taylor Heineke as my player of the game. Yeah, my player of the game, Terry McLaurin, uh, when, when teams are struggling, when teams are looking to get right, the stars got to make plays. Uh, you can't worry about your star players. You need to be able to rely on those guys to show up every week, week in, week out. Terry McLaurin has done that so far. Uh, I saw somebody, an, an anecdotal thing, I uh, kind of mentioned that Terry McLaurin has the, so far it's the best start to any season he's played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's great. He needs to continue that, especially against his defense. And especially if some of these other receivers aren't healthy, Chris rolling right over to bold predictions. I'm going to double down. Last week, I predicted Chase Young was going to have three sacks. He almost had two. I'm going to go with it again. Chase Young, three sacks. That's my bold prediction. He's getting close uh, and obviously got to be really careful uh, in terms of being around the quarterback because they're calling everything. I'm going to go the reverse of three sacks, and I'm going to say Jameis Winston, three turnovers, whether it be two interceptions and a fumble loss, something like that. I think especially with some question on the New Orleans offensive line, I got JW going old school Tampa Bay style, three turnovers. And that's going to lead us into our final part of this show uh, and our predicted scores. David, I don't feel good about this one. I really don't. But I think somehow, someway, this is not classic New Orleans. Washington finds a way to win 24 to 20 at home. I think they that means they would barely cover the uh, the over-under that we talked about earlier uh, in the show, and who knows what that's going to be at kickoff. But I see just enough, just enough to get the job done. Yeah, and I'm, listen, I'm going to Washington too. I mean, they're, they're a very susceptible team in New Orleans. Uh, the New York Giants showed a lot of things, and even with them getting a little bit healthier and potentially getting a guy like Marcus Davenport back, uh, that game in Buffalo for Taylor Heineke was really kind of a crossroads game in my in my eyes right now, and we'll see how it continues to develop. But after a game like that, you can see quarterbacks get too aggressive trying to prove that that was a fluke and, and play even worse, and you can see them kind of become a, kind of climb back into their shell and get a little too conservative. What we saw is a better, smarter Taylor Heineke 17-yard touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin, not included in that assessment. Um, I think you're always going to have that gunslinger mentality a little bit, but you can live and die with that as long as, for the most part, you're making smart plays. We saw a very smart Taylor Heineke in a very emotionally charged game. I think that was a very big growing point for him. So I'm hoping that we see some more of those lessons continue to grow this weekend against New Orleans 27-21. Washington football team. All right. Once again, thanks to Todd, Utah, Mark, AW, and we got more voicemails that we didn't even get to, including one from Jersey that unfortunately we didn't have 
Uh, enough time for we appreciate it very much uh and and we will get to as many as we possibly can uh and if the question please you know exists still next week uh, please call it back in or just fire off a different one and we will have more time earlier next week when hopefully it's a little calmer want to thank you guys again for making the locked on washington football team podcast your first listen of the day for your second check out Uh, the Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And again, if you want to get in on the voicemail line, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. If you want the email route, it's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's going to do it today, Washington football team fans. And for the week, thanks again for joining the Locked on Washington football team podcast. We are free and available on all platforms. For David Harrison, who you can check out on SI.com's Fan Nation covering the Washington football team. I'm Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the flagship station for the Washington football team, the Team 980 and the Odyssey app with Pete Medhurst. We'll be back next week, hopefully on a victory edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.